0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another follows Apollos, are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seeds— Apollos watered them, but God made them to grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things to grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me— I laid the foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire— And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple." Do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, The Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Just as Paul was dealing with these personality cults in chapter 1, he deals with it a little more in this chapter 3. And apparently these believers were lining up behind different men, some lining up behind Peter, some lining up behind Paul, some behind Apollos, and they were taking their identity, to some degree, by who they followed. And so the example today might be, to us, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, and somehow those things being important in terms of our relationship with Christ. There's nothing wrong with being a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, a Catholic, that's all well and good. But the the question is not, where do you go to church? The question is, do you know Jesus Christ? And so Paul was saying that these divisions and these um, attempts to identify by someone else or some group, other than just merely identifying with Christ, was an example of immaturity. And saying this very carefully, I have no issues with denominations. As far as I know, most of the mainstream denominations, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But being a member of the church does not make you a member of the kingdom of God. Being a member of the church does not make you born again, And conversely, if you know Jesus Christ, it does not necessarily mean that you have to identify with one denomination or another. The main issue is, do you know Jesus? Do you serve Jesus? And so Paul is bringing them back to this Christ-centric gospel. In verse 1, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. And so Paul is telling this early church that he had been teaching them the basic tenets of the faith. But he goes on to say that they're behaving in a worldly fashion. He mentions the fact that there's jealousy and quarreling among them. And this jealousy and quarreling has to do with which human leader is the greatest. He says in verse 4, For when one says, I follow Paul, And another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not being mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. And the same can be said in our day. I've often met believers that uh, because they're associated with this great man of God or this great woman of God, that they somehow draw their spirituality by the, the person that they follow. Paul's point is, The main person we follow is Jesus Christ. And yes, we should seek out godly leaders, godly pastors, prophets, preachers, teachers, priests, or whatever to sit under that follow the Bible. But the main thing is we're learning to sit under Jesus Christ, who is indeed the head of the church. And so we need to move on toward maturity. There's nothing wrong with um, uh, church groups and parachurch groups. But Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the central feature of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the focus of time and eternity. Jesus needs to be the focus of our lives. So Paul goes on to say that all of us humans are co-workers and not competitors. Verse 9, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. So far too often, friends, um, Christians look at different groups as competitors And not co workers. I'm not competing with the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Episcopal Church, the Assembly of God Church. All these churches are my co laborers. We're co workers in Christ. We're not competitors. So I'm not attempting to take people from Church A and uh, have them come to our church. My desire is to have people that are in the world join the Church of Jesus Christ. And where they decide to fellowship and receive teaching and instruction and edification through fellowship, that's between them and the Lord. But our job is to be co workers with other Christians. We're all together in God's service, uh, serving the purposes of God in this generation. In verse 10, Paul says, By God's grace, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one of you should build with care. Now, the King James says a wise master builder. That expression that Paul says, um, uh, he was a wise master builder, in Greek, it's architecteion. It's actually the Greek word we get the word architect from. So in the first century, a master builder was more than just a guy swinging a hammer. He was the project manager, the architect, the general superintendent. He was all of these things, the master builder had to be able to do many different things. And Paul was saying, spiritually speaking, he had been called to be uh, one to build a church of Jesus Christ. Now, each one of us needs to recognize that we've all been called to work in building the church of Jesus Christ. There is absolutely nothing wrong with asking someone to join your church. That's a great thing. But the main person we're trying to join them to is Jesus Christ. Not our pastor, not our, our cell group leader, not our house church leader. were trying to get people to identify with Jesus Christ. Paul, as a wise master builder, was not trying to draw people to himself. He wasn't building the church of Paul. I don't believe John Wesley was building the church of John Wesley. I don't believe Martin Luther was building the church of Martin Luther. They were all attempting to build the church of Jesus Christ. But just like this early Corinthian church that Paul was dealing with, we as humans like to identify with certain groups and certain humans as being their disciple or their follower. Uh, inasmuch as it's not inhibiting our walk with Christ, that's all well and good. But we need to remember that the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ, and the head of the church is Jesus Christ. Nobody can change the foundation, and nobody can change the headship. The church belongs to Jesus. Jesus. You're God's building built on the foundation of Christ and under the headship of Christ. Verse 13, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Holy Spirit dwells in your midst? That's talking about you and that's talking about me. Now, we have a a beautiful church facility. It is actually magnificent out in Oakton, Virginia. But the building that we meet in is not God's temple. The building we meet in is a place for the temple of God, the church of God, to meet. In other words, the building is a building. It's a nice building for people to meet with God. It has been set aside for that purpose. But you are the temple. You are the church of Jesus Christ. I am the church of Jesus Christ. And God's Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Yes, the Spirit of God moves in what we call churches. But primarily, the Spirit abides now in our hearts. So when Paul speaks about us as the temple and God's Spirit being in our midst, he's talking about the Holy Spirit inside of us. He goes on to say, no more boasting about where you go to church. Verse 21, so then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Friends, we don't need to boast about where we go to church. We need to remind people that Jesus is the head of the church. And let me just say this. I'm a Protestant pastor. I've heard many Protestant ministers say derogatory things about the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church was the only church for most of the church's history. The Catholic Church has had its problems, but the Catholic Church, by and large, has stood for righteousness down through the generations. I am a a Protestant pastor, so I, I recognize that there were issues in the time of Martin Luther, and there are issues in our day that we Protestants have with the Catholics. But Jesus Christ is the head of the Catholic Church, and there are those in the Catholic Church who know Jesus. The issue is not, where do you go to church? The issue in every generation is, do you know Jesus? And so today, I want to remind you that the main thing is the main thing. Yes, we should believe good doctrine. Yes, we should teach good doctrine. But the main reason we speak the, the words that we speak is to point people to Christ. The main reason we gather is to point people to Christ. The main reason that we're considered to be the church and the temple of God is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ in each of our lives, not because of which church we're members of or where we attend church. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would build up the church of Jesus Christ in this generation. Lord, use my words and the words of others who love you to point people to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends.